right, welcome everyone to the world of Debbie Football here with the Debbie Workshop. I'm your host, Andrew Woodruff, joined by Ben Barnaby Pass as we jump back into the world of college football to help you find those future NFL stars. Join us today as we discuss some guys we think are not declaring for the 2023 draft. And then let's go ahead and let's look ahead at a future Debbie mock and what that might look like for you next year. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Debbie Workshop, everyone. We are the college-focused portion of the crew over at Filmalytics. Remember, the goal of Filmalytics is combining that film analysis with our analytical models. And just to help you, because the fantasy football landscape is just expanding, we want to be that one-stop go-to spot for you for all your fantasy football research and analysis, whether it's Redraft, Dynasty, Debbie, DFS, potentially even looking over at some other stuff as well. So if you want to look into us more, again, Stop, check out this link that we got in the description, uh, patreon.com backslash Filmalytics with all those models along with our other contents, our articles. We got our notion as well. It's going to have some major resources, especially on the college side for what we talk about today. And of course, if you just want to get to know us a little bit more, come over and check out that Discord. It's free. Link also in the description. Get to know the crew, get to know the other guys we've got talking in there and just have a good time. All right. Well, now that all that housekeeping's out of the way, Ben, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm not too bad, a bit under the weather, but I'm too excited to talk some Debbie, so I well, had to make sure I could pop in. How are you well, doing? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. But yeah, now you chose a good day, let's pop in and let's talk, because right when we get done talking almost, we got about an hour wait, and then it's Saturday, it's more college football all day long for us. So, very excited about that. Yeah, we'll be dropping into the Discord after we've recorded this to uh, chat to some Discorders, won't we? About yep, looking games forward to that. About to say, we got some good matchups with LSU, Arkansas. We've got Bama, Ole Miss. We've got some teams that are still trying to stay undefeated, like TCU and Texas. So there's going to be some good games to watch this week. And I know me and Matt last night dropped out an episode talking about some pickles and some spreads that we were thinking about for the weekend as well. So plenty of options for people to get plugged in and start listening to. But let's go ahead. Let's get into it. The first thing we're going to talk about is some 2023 draft eligible guys that we think are going to be returning possibly for next year. Uh, Which position do you think we should start off with first? I think there's uh, a lot of room for quarterbacks this year to come back. You know, you've got a few obvious ones, a few that... Some people might not necessarily think about, so I think quarterbacks might be a good start. All right, sounds good. We'll definitely start with the quarterbacks now. I think me and you have both said this a couple times, so we won't go too deep into this one, but I know one that we've agreed upon is Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Is that still true? Yeah, I think we haven't seen enough from him this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely agree with that one. Great athlete, but he's still got to develop more as a passer, so I think that's an easy one to call as a guy coming back for next year and hopefully declares for 2024. So we'll keep that short and simple with him. Give the listeners another name. Who's one more person you're considering? Another, another guy who we saw lofty in the, the ranks a few years ago. Well, not a few years, last year, a few years ago, either way. It was Spencer Rattler. You know, we've seen him take a sit, uh, seat back, go to a smaller school and not perform once again. So, it's it's a struggle because I have him in my one of my 
C2C leagues, and it's hard to see. And, you know, you've got people investing a lot of draft capital into him. In terms of Devi, he was going quite early. So it's quite hard to see him fall as far as he's came, really. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, just looking at some of the stats, he's dropped almost 10% when it comes to passer rating. Oh, not passer rating. Percent completed. I mean, it's... Even his touchdowns, interceptions, like he's just not stepping up and making South Carolina look that great. Throwing eight touchdowns, but got nine interceptions. It's just, it would not be wise, I feel like, for him to declare this year. I'm hoping maybe one more year he can turn the ship around because as of right now, he honestly looks like a day, day three kind of guy, knowing the off-field issues behind him too. I think it's like last year, he wasn't, too bad from his stats it's just this year he's came back and we thought yeah he might have a bounce back he might put his ego to the side but he seems to have just fell flat on his face from like the first hurdle it's 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 hard to see him play and not be able to get as high as we thought he would have yeah you're definitely not wrong now i think part of that also is another player that we're going to mention later on uh not having a big impact being able to play with him this year but yeah overall like everything is taking a dip compared to where he was in the better system last year with a better coach so as of this point in time it would be unwise i agree if he was to clear this year um i know one name i mentioned as well a guy that i've kind of been a fan of is uh grayson mccall over at coastal carolina um he's a redshirt junior this year but Fortunately, he did just get another injury, I believe an ankle injury. It's going to keep him out two to six weeks. And while he was on pace, looking pretty good, we know what the NFL does often with these small school guys. They have to work twice as hard to get anywhere, to get respected, to get that draft capital. And, you know, just with a couple injuries he's had this year being nicked up a little bit, I'm worried that he might not get even, you know, day two capital and get a shot to develop somewhere as of today. Any thoughts on that one real quick? I think, like you said, with the injury, it's hard to see because he was having a decent season overall. You know, let's see, let's have a look. You know, this season he had uh, 2,000 plus yards, 21 touchdowns. He had only one interception. But like you said, smaller school guys need to try that extra amount to get some draft capital. And I think It'll be good to see him come back next year and probably put up better better numbers without his like getting past his injuries mm-hmm. uh, rather than coming into the draft this year and being like day three probably like at best. Yeah, and I mean if you go back and look kind of through some of the games he's had, like some of the games he does pop off, some of the games you can tell uh, against some of the tougher tougher competition like Marshall and Army. He didn't really do a lot on helping move the ball. And so while the stats look pretty decent, being that small school option uh, and a very interesting offense, it's not like a traditional offense either. It's a triple, yeah, goodness, basically almost like a triple option type offense. It attacks places really, really differently. I don't know how well that translates over to the NFL as well. So as of right now, I would recommend that he needs to come back another year. We'll see what he decides ultimately. But 
unless he's getting a shot at going to the senior bowl, I don't see a reason why I risk that opportunity. Kick it back over to you. What, who's your next guy you're thinking? Thinking uh, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, he was pretty hyped up in the past, I believe. By I believe Chance did like him. Yes, he did. Uh, so uh, we could take a moment and laugh at Chance for liking him because I know I tried to get him. I tried to test the waters with him in a, a Devi league because I think. I think Matt has him in one, and he tried to add him as a throw-in, and then I was going to throw in Tyler Van Dyke over Chance. But then Chance was like, nah, I'm out, nothing. He's worth nothing. So I was like, okay, well, that's fine. But he's been pretty disappointing this season, as have uh, Miami, really. Uh, the record's not great. You know, we've seen him turn over the ball when he doesn't need to or he's not being able to finish a drive off or whatever I think you can really benefit from that extra year in the college system. Yeah, and you speak you're mentioning wins. Like I know players players and people all the time say wins is not a QB stat, but the NFL sure does like to look at it a lot when it comes to evaluating these quarterbacks because you're looking for guys who can lead the offense and lead the team to get through those tough scenarios and get some wins, even when they're kind of outmatched. Tyler Van Dyke did not do that this year. He's been benched twice this season as well, and just big blowout losses to Duke and FSU. So while his stats haven't looked that great, he's also getting sat in bad situations with a bad team that's just not winning a lot of games. It's not a good recipe for him, so... Maybe the man decides, hey, let me get into an offense that can actually work around my skill sets. Or maybe he can help get some recruits over to Miami. We know those pockets are deep over in Miami, so they should be able to pull somebody to help him catch the ball because they have been missing that dearly this year. Yeah, you look, even looking at his stats, you can see from the UNC game, most of his stats come from that game. He threw mm-hmm. 40, forty plus times. I think he had nearly four hundred yards. I got almost five hundred yards actually. I'm oh, looking yeah. at it right here. Yeah, and it's like that. Like you take that game away and the benching in the past two weeks. It's just like it's mediocre at best in a in a system which really he should be doing better. And I think the coaches know that by dropping him. So it's like, it's like, take that extra year, try and get that trust back, try and be able to actually play the full season, and get that draft capital back up to the point where you might actually have relevancy in Devi again. Yeah, that's definitely I'm about to say. We've seen the NFL be patient with some of these quarterbacks. They'll take some of the older prospects. I mean, can you pick it last year? It just takes one good last year. And right now, TBD does not have it. Um, yet again, I also brought up earlier, like it's not like he's a dual-threat athlete to kind of make up for some of the lack of passing. I mean, on the season, he's still got negative yardage right now when it comes to rushing. A lot of that is going to obviously be sacks, but if you're a statue in the pocket and you're not doing too much and you're getting a bunch of negative yardage, I mean, it doesn't look good either. So it is what it is right there when it comes to that one. But hey, 
That's okay. Chance can yell at us again. He's got to jump on the podcast if he needs to defend these guys. He's got to put his hat into the ring if he wants to defend them. I think the next one he comes on, we've just got to fire a bunch of questions <laughs> about the miss the misses that he's had over the season. Or... It's okay. But I'll say he'll live and learn. He'll live and learn. <laughs> But let's let's mention a name that maybe not a lot of people are thinking about returning this year. Let's name drop um, Arkansas's quarterback KJ Jefferson. I say I know I've mentioned him as a potential guy that's possibly going to return this year. Uh, I love him as an athlete; like he's a great college player. Um, he was recruited back in 2019, so again he is eligible. He's a big old dude, 6'3", 245. I love how Arkansas likes to use him. I mean, the way they get him out there running, I mean, heck, he's got 425 yards this year rushing, 664 yards last year. He definitely helps contribute. So that he's more that athlete that I was talking about with the ball in his hands. But I still want to see him kind of just continue to grow and show, hey, I can take this Arkansas team and I can make it successful all around. This was a good year to challenge that because he didn't have – Traylon Burks, and we've kind of seen a step back overall in some of the things he's been able to put up so far. Uh, his yards per attempt kind of went down a little bit. He has looked good when it comes to touchdowns and interceptions. His ratings have been kind of similar, but he's just not helping Arkansas finish out some of these games. And, for example, we can bring up the Liberty game from last weekend. Liberty got ahead quickly, and that's the moment where you want to see a quarterback step up and say, okay, I'm going to help pull this team back up. We're going to go back and compete. And it just looked like Arkansas never stayed in the game. They just checked out. And I get it. He can't play defense. He can't do every single thing. But, like, it asked for him to pass in that game, and he just was not helping finish out those drives to get them into a spot where they could potentially even just come back and possibly win. So, I mean, when you lose 23-37, and, I mean, it was out of hand for – a long time. It was like 21-3 at halftime. It's just little things like that. It's got me worried. I don't know if he'd get the draft capital that Jefferson would want. I know every player wants to be a first-round draft pick, and I just don't think he's going to get that right now. But if he stays one more year, I mean, there's an opportunity there. Small, but there's an opportunity. Yeah, I think, like, looking, looking at him there, you know, you got Sanders behind him both could be draft eligible next year going to the draft you know but the thing is is if KJ Jefferson stays with that rushing work that he's got does that hinder Sanders's draft capital you know you want to see one person stay you want KJ Jefferson to stay to get that next step because we've seen him lose that step without Burks but then, do we want Jefferson to stay and continue eating that work slightly away from Sanders? Or I'll, would you rather Jefferson just sit out? I'll, I'll be honest. I think Jefferson coming back is actually good for Sanders because, you know, it keeps defenses honest. They have to play a full 11 against 11. It's not 11 against 10. Yeah. Against, like I said, those statue-type quarterbacks. And Sanders already has 1,100 yards rushing through nine games. And they've got at least another three to four games to go. So, overall, I mean, I don't think it's a hindrance. I think it actually kind of helps 
Sanders get those more open lanes because linebackers are having to dedicate some of their reads to the quarterback and making sure they don't flare out. So they can't just leave the backdoor gaps open. They actually have to stay and sit and make sure quarterback doesn't pull and bounce to the outside or anything like that. I think I think Jefferson is, you know, like you said, rushing on the ground is great. As a passer, it's just essentially he's took a step back with Burke's gone. And they need that that guy there to step up, sort of take it. Otherwise, I think NFL teams will see him and they'll think, oh, he's essentially, you know, a less effective, you know, higher-end guy of, like, Lamar or Murray. You know, that's extreme circumstances because you're not going to expect Jefferson to go so early. But I think NFL teams might see him take a seat back this year don't go into the draft with a, a QB class that seems pretty, I want to say stacked, but sort of like very top heavy in the sense that you've got a few guys there that will go very early. You've got quite a few teams also that need quarterbacks as well. So we might see Jefferson push, push his chips in, but we might see him pull him back. It's sort of, I think it's quite 50-50 in, in the way that, you know, do you believe, does he believe in himself to be able to learn in the NFL to pass and be quite raw or come back next year, try and increase that passing output and be more complete when it comes to NFL, but also come into a draft class where you've got Williams, Drake May and guys like that that are similar packages in terms of rushing and passing. And you might see KJ Jefferson and be like, oh, he's nowhere near as good as these guys. We'll just tank or we'll invest our future into those guys. And then he falls down the draft. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to clarify when we say 2023 being stacked, it's just you've got your two guys at the top, Stroud, and you've got Young. And then it looks like, you know, like, it's that next tier that we're kind of unsure of, but it's got a lot of options. You've got Stetson Bennett, you've got Hinton Hooker, you've got Will Levis. I mean, uh, why am I blanking on another name? But there's somebody else I can just, for some reason, blanking Hinton on. Hooker. Who? Hendon Hooker. Did you say Hooker? I got Hooker for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there's several guys that like could be right there, and. I mean, it just might push him down enough to where if a team's like, yeah, we'd rather go one of these more traditional-style quarterbacks or that has shown a little bit more when it comes to passing, it might keep him from getting where he wants to. So, as you said, like, next year it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, and should be Quinn Ewers, right? Like, outside of that, it's it's pretty open. I know some people will, like, say J.J. McCarthy and those kind of guys, but, I mean – there's a much better fighting chance for him, I feel like, in 2024. We'll see where it is. Like I said, Arkansas is also 5-4 and four this year, so it'd be nice if they were look like they were competing in a couple more games than what they're currently, their record's showing. And they might be 5-5 five and five after today with LSU. So I think that does quarterbacks. I don't want to stay too much on them. We could always talk about more quarterbacks, but let's jump over to running backs real quick. 
What do you think about Kendall Milton returning next year? I think it, it could make sense. I think he's had a role this year that, but could he sort of increase that role next year? You know, let me have a look at his actual stats. I can tell you they're not good this year. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, kind of a trend, actually, that this kid has dealt with. A couple injuries a year, it feels mm-hmm. like. And he's just kind of been overshadowed. Yeah, Kenny McIntosh has done more. I mean, I think even Dejon Edwards has looked a little bit better than him at times. And he just hadn't really got to step up and be the lead bell cow for Georgia. And, you know, that's what he wanted this year. But yeah. it just has not happened. Well, that's the thing is you've seen the past three years, you can see here, he's topped 56 touches as his most. Uh, he's not being able to solidify himself as, you know, the one of those top guys to go for. Even this year, like you said, injuries seems to be a pattern. I think with Georgia, it's very hard to get, you know, separate from the rest with such a great team but I think the way that George is doing it if he comes back next year uh, it stays injury free you know staying on the best team in college football as of right now with the ranked one yeah as of right now they are you know I think um, there's no hindrance to him staying back another year knowing that you've got literally the rest of Georgia fall back on. Yeah, falling back to a winning team is never a bad idea. Um, like I said, it just it doesn't look promising for you when you hadn't eclipsed 300 yards rushing in any season. I know he had a couple passes he caught this year for an extra 65 yards, but I'm just purely as a rusher. Like, it's been very limited, and we want to see these running backs get at least day two draft capital, and right now, he would be way down the list of guys I would even consider in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. So we're trying to get him set up in a better situation than, you know, what Samir White got into with his injuries, holding him back some. So I think Milton, the best course of action for him as of right now is to let him stay back another year, let Kenny McIntosh go, and then just hope he can sit there and be that lead guy along with Branson Robinson and, Andrew Paul and Edwards, if Edwards is staying as well. It just kind of shows something right now. Because as of right now, he's just, he's underwhelmed a lot. And I think NFL teams are going to kind of be worried about that. They're not going to go with the helmet scout this time for him. Well, that's the thing is like, he's been disappointing, but has he been disappointing to the fact that he probably won't be able to get that top spot back for the running back room? You know, you've got a freshman Robinson there who I've invested in in a few leagues because I'm quite in on him in the sense that it's wide open next year to the fact that he's getting touches already as a freshman and sort of increasing that role. I think 2024, it's, it's wide open as like a coin toss to if, if Milton can stay fit or even if he can lead the room with Robinson who is such a high talented prospect coming into college 
Yeah, that's a definitely a different question for sure. Um, I actually kind of lean like you. I think the freshman kind of helped take over a little bit more. Andrew Paul, who tore his ACL before the season started, actually was supposedly even better than Robinson was. We'll see if that's the case. We know how running backs do coming off an injury like an ACL tear. Sometimes they can come in straight away. Looks like nothing happened. Some of them take a little bit longer. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think the younger guys actually do start stepping up. However, I do have to lean with Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart has a history of saying, I'm going to play my older guys first. They've earned it. It keeps the recruiting coming in because he keeps telling these guys, you're going to have to wait your turn, but you are going to get a chance. I'm going to push for you to get into the NFL. And it kind of helps build that buy-in. So Milton will at least, I think, start the season next year as a starter if he decides he wants to come back. But the play on the field will ultimately determine if Smart sticks with that or ends up going into more of a rotation. But I feel like we could bring this up a lot. Let's go over to the next name. Who else do you think is a potential returner? I think another big name that some people might might see and might not would be Tank Bigsby. Um, I agree with that one. There's The thing is, is in such a stacked 2023 class and coming off a somewhat disappointing year for Bigsby is that it's like, do you stay and likely become maybe the fifth or sixth option in a in the draft class, or do you bank on yourself trying to come back into that twenty twenty one form where you were able to get a thousand yards rushing and get high draft capital and maybe do better for yourself then? It's that sort of situation. Yeah, so I feel like he was actually a guy that we talked about last time as well. Like all of his production really comes out in two games. Ole Miss, who just does not have a run defense, so bless him when they play against Jameer Gibbs today, and then Mercer in the first game of the season. Those are the only two games he got over 100 yards, and then since then, his best performance was against Mississippi State, which was just an absolute just weird phenomenon where the rain just helped bring um, bring back Auburn. I mean, they just got energized. Cadillac Williams doing a great job as an interim coach, getting his team motivated. But, again, even with those, I would say his best three games right there, He's only sitting here still not even hit 700 yards in the season. That's not a good sign for most of these running backs. And when you're on a team like Auburn that's losing as bad as it is, he's not gotten a lot of national time tension either. So, yeah, his draft capital has definitely dropped to me. Easily now sitting at an RB5 of the class. He has more talent, but it'll be weird to see what the NFL thinks of that. Yeah, he's got the, the size and the height already. It's just sort of, can he, it's sort of, has he drifted too far down? That's that's my problem with him. You know, people still be ranking him within the 2023 class because you never know with the running backs because, you know, you might see them come in and to the NFL early or late and sort of not have that role the waiting for that role the roles to open up and we've said in the past of you know 2020 and 2021 classes they've sort of been offset with those like wait 
not the 2020 class. It was this like the CMC and the Camaro mm-hmm. kind of 2017. Backs, 2017, a bit off, just you know, three years off. But yeah, um, yeah. the that those classes coming uh, getting to that age point where this might start to sort of bring talent back in through, and when you see such talent is running back class of 2023, is the going to be able to be a rotation for Tank Bigsby coming and possibly starting the NFL? Yeah, it definitely seems like there's a changing of the guard coming in soon. So I think Bigsby needs to best set himself up to get a spot at a lead role right there instead of getting buried too much into a backfield with one of the younger guys that's already leading in the NFL. So it'll be an interesting one to see. All right, so I think I think that kind of gives a picture of some of the running backs that we could possibly see um, end up deciding not to declare. Again, let's throw another couple in there that we've kind of got listed. E.J. Smith over at uh, Stanford started off the year strong, but unfortunately had a devastating injury that ended his season short. Great talent, was just starting to get it figured out. Hopefully he comes back next year and is healthy and able to showcase himself. Marshawn Lloyd, again, over there at South Carolina. Kind of a trend. Looking pretty good, but could develop more. So we'll see if he wants to declare or ends up coming back as well. Kendra Miller, it's kind of that spicy one. Um, He's been a guy that recently is starting to get some buzz. But it really comes down to, I think, what does the NFL give him back as a draft grade? If it's not good enough, I could easily see him come back and say, screw it. I'm going to take TCU again, and let's, let's go out and play ball. If it's high enough, he might say, yep, that's good enough for me. I'm going to the NFL. So kind of that last name I'd, I'd recommend just kind of watching right now. So let's jump over to receivers real quick. So wait, one sec. Isn't Marshawn Lloyd, I've just looked there, isn't he a sophomore? He's a redshirt sophomore. He tore his ACL uh, his first year. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I've, 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 um, I've gone through the growing pains with this kid. Looked great as a recruit. Tore his ACL first year, second year. Very rusty, so it's redshirt freshman. Then this year, he kind of looks a little bit more like an old self. So maybe two years away from injury, and then he'll be good. But yeah, receivers. Not a lot that we got listed. Let's go ahead and let's talk about the biggest one, Jermaine Burton. That is a big old L on my myself. Like I, I did not get that one right at all. See, the <sighs> thing is, it's like you're looking at the Alabama wide wide receiver room anyway. And it's the thing is with it is for a big school, it is weak. And seeing someone not take the top spot and with, especially with Bryce being one of the, the better quarterbacks in this class that will get drafted top three, top five or whatever. It's hard to see someone not take charge in that that room and be the one to really you know like in the past we've seen smith and those guys sort of be able to take grasp of that room yeah waddle rugs judy mari cooper i mean calvin ridley these are all guys that stepped up and was able to play and this year the best we've had is jacory brooks at 473 yards receiving only 28 catches, so I mean, like, everybody has taken a step back. Jameer Gibbs has been able to showcase himself uh, some. He's got 365 receiving. Yet again, just proving the point, he is a dual threat. 
over 1,100 yards himself on the season. But then, I mean, Jermaine Burton's third in receiving, but that's with 325 yards. That's not going to get it done in the NFL. NFL is going to look at that and say, no thanks. We will probably helmet scout you at some point in day three. But that's that's not anywhere close to what I was expecting going into the season. I don't know. It just everything made sense to line up. He was good at over at Georgia, just did not get a lot of targets. He was supposed to go to this great offense, was supposed to give him all the targets, and just the kid apparently has just gotten his own way. Something didn't click. And he's just not been able to step up and be the guy for him this year, which didn't sound like that was going to be the case if we go back to the spring reports or anything else we heard in fall camp. So I definitely hope he comes back and gets it figured out. We'll see what happens. I think as well with with him as well, you know, that video came out after the Tennessee game. I think he needs that, that time true. to sort of uh... – set his head an extra year and sort of play ball good enough that people might forget about maybe that instance or the ego that he might have. You know, it's nice to see that it's so tough on him losing that he feels bad in himself, but take that out. On a leg off. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of those situations if he's able to play next year, you know. Um, it's, I don't know why I got in his head, but again, that's why we keep telling people you've got to think before you do something because it took three seconds, not even three seconds to that video for what happened in it. And I mean, this guy's career could change completely because of it. It is what it is though. Any of these other receiver names that we've got listed really just stand out to you? I think uh, Rakim Jarrett, I think is another name that might uh, pop out to people. Uh, I think he would benefit from an extra year, I believe. I can get his stats all right. One sec. Yeah, I, I got it for you real quick. Um, so far through nine games this year, he's got 34 catches, 376 yards receiving, three touchdowns, and then he also got one attempt to run the ball at 10 yards. So a big jump down from the 13 games he played last year, 829 yards. Yeah, and that's sort of that's exactly what you don't want to see from a guy. You want to see people increase their output every year. I don't know what's what's happening, but you know, you see that stat line, and it's like, yeah, that, that's nothing. You know, it's it's a guy that might have popped off for a year, and we're we're like putting people down for having down years, especially 2023 wide receiver class, you know, uh, pretty much like most wide receivers, receive, that's it, receivers, there we go, uh, are, like, are like underperforming. And I think, you know, to stand out from that crowd, you just even have to perform as expected. And he's just not being able to do that. Yeah, he definitely hasn't. Now, to be fair, he is tied for first in the team yardage on the season. But, I mean, like, when you've got six receivers over here over 600 yards, well, technically one of them's a running back, but regardless, when you've got six players with over 200 yards receiving, but nobody's really able to stand out and eclipse even, you know, 400 yards so far, 
I mean, it just seems like the ball has been out, has been spread out too much because little Tua does not have a particular favorite target that he can go to. And I mean, that doesn't even include Dante Demas, who is returning from injury. I mean, he's all the way down at 153 yards. Maryland just has not been a great offense this year passing the ball. And so I think that's kind of held him back as well. I think we saw Sparks this year in the Northwestern game. Eight receptions, eight yards. You know, it's it's not going to blow your head off stats. But compared to the rest of the season that he's had, that's what we want to see. We want to see those games where he's commanding the receptions, the targets, and he's being able to separate himself, like I said, from the rest of the group, which is seemingly decided to spread itself out the ball's gone every single way that it could so it's just except to him yeah i mean we can even bring up last week's game against wisconsin i mean this is a game they are down they should be throwing the ball they should be trying to get back he had one catch for five yards i mean it's just little things like that just tell me the kid's not ready great talent if he goes I mean, it really depends on how his testing would be to push him up into day two, round three, but looks like a round four, round five kind of guy right now, and that's if he's even lucky to get that. So, I don't know. I just don't see it. I hope the kid, honestly, I hope the kid transfers somewhere else that can actually throw in the ball better, but, you know, his last time I wished that, that was Tremaine Burton, so maybe not. So... Overall, I feel like the other names, like, let's go ahead and let's drop them, man, because I do want to get to this mock draft. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for us. So, kind of the other names I was looking at for receivers, and we'll, we'll throw tight ends in there because, you know, it's tight ends. Um, Puka Naku over at BYU has missed, like, almost the entire season, feels like. Uh, definitely he should come back. Corey Rucker, South Carolina's receiver that I thought was going to step up this year, yet again missed a lot of injuries. Isaiah Nayor over at Texas had the injury before the season. It's looking really good from all the reports, but just bad luck on that part. And then kind of the last one I some people might not agree with is uh, Parker Washington over at Penn State. I mean, he's he's honestly been receiver two most of the season behind Tinsley. So there's a case for Parker to possibly come back and just stay an extra year. Kind of developed and hopefully become like J- Jahan Dotson and just be able to elevate his draft stock by just showing how good of a route runner he can be. Yeah, for for Parker especially, it was quite a bit of hype around him being able to take that top spot in the team, and he just sort of hasn't been able to, to run off with it. I think another year would definitely help out. Yeah, I'm about to say, it's just one of those situations where, like, the Lions over at Penn State, they've they focused a lot on the rushing. But, I mean, it's not like they're awful at receiving. I did double-check recently. I forgot. He had a couple of good games all back-to-back. So he is leading the team, but it's nothing like just super standout-worthy. I mean, it's 597 yards receiving, two touchdowns on 45 catches. I just I feel like if he gives himself one more year to develop – Hopefully, with a new quarterback, then things might could progress a little bit more in his favor. If not, I mean, he's a solid 5'10", 200-pound guy, so he'll be fine. All right, tight ends. 
any of these stand out to you? I've got Eric Gilbert, Luke Lachi over at Iowa, Theo Johnson over at Penn State, and Malik Carr, I believe, at Michigan State. I think uh, none of them really stick out much. I think Gilbert, I think the talent there, I think he's just Name had, value, yeah. Um, bad luck in terms of, you know, I believe at the start of the year he, he wasn't traveling with the team mm-hmm. because, and then didn't he, t- he took out a year out last year, didn't he, I believe. Yep. So it's yeah, just so- sort of just needs that time. So he hadn't really played in almost two years, basically, at this point. So, yeah, I definitely would assume he's coming back unless he just wants to prove that he's, an, he's a great athlete and then just see what the NFL thinks. But you've got to have something on film, and he's got next to nothing so far this season. So, yeah, that's kind of my list of tight ends. So let's jump it over. I'll let, I'll let you decide. So the, the mock draft settings is going to be super flex, the tight end premium, and we'll just do normal PPR. You want to go first or second? I'll let you go first because I feel like I want you to pick (laughs) your guy. All right, so you're going to make it easy on me. Let's go ahead and let's get this started. So 101 for the future mock draft. And again, let's clarify for all our listeners. I know we just talked about all these guys we think are returning, but we can't be for certain. So what we're going to do is we're just going to keep it with no potential 2023 guys in there. And that makes it easy. Superflex, one-on-one, Caleb Williams. I mean, I think he's the best quarterback right now in college. So I'm about to say I would take him over Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud because I just feel like he's better overall. Plus, it doesn't hurt. Well, it doesn't hurt when you have, you know, Lincoln Riley as your quarterback whisperer coach. He at least gets him to the NFL. And then I think at the 102, I had I have a name down here, but I'm quickly going to change my mind to Ooh. Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, so team receiver over here. Yeah, I like um, it. The talent's too much. I think well, there's too many question marks about the guy that I did have at number two to warrant me picking him over that guy. I won't say who. Just in well, case you pick him, but I feel. I think I know who it is, and I'm probably going to lock him down at three. Also on the same team, I assume. Maybe. Nope. Oh, no. okay. So I was going to go number three. I'm going Ohio State running back, Travion Henderson. Uh, I was going to say potential concerns. I know his performance has dropped off a little bit this year, but it seems like the team has been more balanced. I'm trying to use Mayan Williams more in the game not just run down one guy into the dirt. We saw what he could do as a freshman. I have no worries about what he can do if he gets more reps in the games. He's a good tool threat. He can catch the ball. He can run over you. It doesn't matter. He plays in the Big Ten. So he's playing against solid competition. I mean, if I'm going for a running back, Trevion Henderson, easy lock, blessing at 103. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he was surprisingly – just because I think on this season he's been quite disappointing. He fell down a little bit. But I think for a guy who I had at number two, who I'm going to pick now, is probably a bit lofty. But I feel like this season, what he's, what he's done so far, what he's been able to do, I think he's warranted to be in the conversation, to be in the top three after this year. I think uh, it might be Drake May 
Uh, okay, I see you over there. So no concerns about North Carolina, Sam Howell, and all that. I assume. I think Mears being. I think the thing is with Mears, you know, the start of the year we saw him without his star receiver mm-hmm. to start off his career. Basically, he wasn't able to play with Downs. Uh, so it's great to see him be able to, especially for fantasy, use his legs. He's being able to pass the ball. I think he's more complete than maybe the other quarterback that is probably going to go soon. But I think fantasy-wise, I think Drake May is the QB2 after Williams. Spicy. I'll be honest, after Williams, it's kind of a kind of a shoot your shot where you think. So, yeah, I can see that. I like that. Um, I'm not going to go with the other quarterback right now. However, I am going to go back to the running back well. I'm picking Raheem Sanders. So, I believe this is 105. Yeah. So, Raheem Sanders, Arkansas. I know I've already said it last episode that we got on together. I would consider him over Braylon Allen. So, here I am. Man, am I worried. Raheem Sanders, 105, just putting up a little over 1,100 yards so far, rushing, 200 yards receiving this season. I mean, he's just doing it all for Arkansas. And there's no reason for him not to next year, especially if his quarterback does come back with him. I mean, it's another year in the same system. They can develop again together. I love it. The dude's so talented. He started off his career as a receiver and transitioned to a running back, and he's basically – Kind of done that Antonio Gibson role, but he's actually learning to be a running back before the NFL. So lock me in. Here we go. I think you've you've left me with a choice. Of, <laughs> uh, I think if I, there's a lot of choice, but I'm thinking I might dip my toes into the the running back. I might go Nicholas Singleton. Okay, uh, that was three, not the one I expected. I like it. Very promising start, you know, for a very rush-heavy Penn State. You know, over 100 rushes already. You know, he's looking very good for a freshman. I think, you know, the seasons go past, you're going to see more and more of him. I think if you saw him in, in his freshman year and expect more, that more is going to be absolutely incredible by the time he comes in at the NFL. Yeah, I'll say the only thing with Singleton is, like, They've committed more to a committee with Catron Allen than I expected to start off. Singleton is for sure the better athlete. Allen was the more complete product from the school he came from being IMG Academy. I mean, that's all they do is just develop football players all through high school. So, I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, Singleton, I, I get it. You're betting on the extreme upside. And plus, I mean, the trend of RB1s from a class as they develop along it's a good shot. I understand where you come from there. 107. I'm going to go with the other running back that's coming out back in 2024. I guess I'll just get the old trio. 107, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin's running back again. We know the story of what he did last year, 17 years old, how he just dominated against Big Ten competition, which is actually pretty good defense competition-wise. Has a size, 6'2", 240s. So, I mean, it's not like we're asking the dude to put on any weight. We're just asking him to go out there and play ball. Through nine games, he already has almost another 1,000 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. I mean, he's right there in the same tier with me as Raheem Sanders. So, if I can get either of them over here at 107, 
I'll take that because I know that's only waiting one year out now at that point in time for him to join my NFL team. Yeah, I think I, the thing is, is like I like uh, I like these players, and it's hard to rank them so definitively. I think, uh, but I think overall, I think this is the one hundred eight now. Yes, it is. Hmm. Do I go off one? Do I go off Superflex or do I go off Titan Premium? Either good options here. Either I'm thinking, good options. I'm, I'm thinking. I can't. But the thing is, I can't let you as fall this far. But then I can't <laughs> let Bowers fall this far. So I'm thinking. I'll go Bowers here. I think we've seen him this year used so like everywhere around the field. You know, we've said in the past few episodes, maybe last episode was we've seen this guy catch end arounds running it for 60 yards down the field. It's crazy the amount of talent the guy has, I think, in a position so scarce in the NFL. It's better to take Bowers because you're going to get more of a positional advantage than you would from the other guy that I'd imagine and Andrew's about to take right now. Yeah, so... I'm. I'm debating with myself a little bit. There's two guys I want right here at pick 109. We're going to do a 12 team. Oh, by the way, Mark. So uh, I think the other one's going to come back to me. I'm going to risk it. But yes, I'll go ahead and lock in Quinn Ewers. I mean, it's super flex. The upside is just way too high. The good thing is, even though that we know another particular quarterback is coming over to Texas next year, that recruiting class is bringing a lot of extra talent with him. And You've already got a good receiver over there. We're hoping Nayor comes back. There's a tight end over there that's actually really doing well and developing as well. So the only thing yours is really losing is Bijan, which might be good because you're kind of taking the training wheels away. This year it's been like, hey, we're in trouble. Yours, you've got to help do something. It's like, I'm going to give the ball to the best player right beside me on the field and he makes things happen. So it kind of helps ease him back into it. He hasn't had a lot of road starts. So we've seen him struggle in those kind of situations this year. He had the injury against Alabama. So that kind of hindered him some, but the upside is there. If nothing else, grabbing at the one Oh nine, you can still trade in season for a similar value because again, it's super flex, the name value just again, you better decide that before the season starts next year. Yeah, for me, I think he was, you know, you're going to take Bijan away, but then you've got Blue coming up. You know, it's not like they've got a guy, no guy behind Bijan. It's just Bijan so good that it seems like it's a big drop off. But um, I think to top it off, um, 110, I believe, I think I'm going to take, hmm, I'm going to rock some. Egbuka. Uh, this late in the first, such a great talent. I think recently this year, definitely been sort of outshone by Marvin Harrison Jr., but still a great talent on his own. Have I you looked at the stats of those two? Have they been pretty 50 50? Exactly. Yeah. 
So I'm about to say, yeah, you definitely got a good pick there. Ibuka, it should be in the same same breath as Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Harrison Jr. has just got that flair. You know, he's got, you know how you say people, you want to see NFL players with these arm sleeves. You want to see him with the tinted visors. You want to see him with the cool little dummy things. You want to see that. You want to see the, the swag. The swag, player. yes. And I think Marvin Harrison just has that swag. And okay. Ekbuka doesn't. I understand. I understand. I like it. So that leaves me with a blessing at 111 real quick. I did not know if I was going to get it back to me. But I'll say thank you because I'm going with Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, a guy I think has a solid case as the best freshman running back this year over at Ole Miss. He's done phenomenal. I mean, he's outshone Zach Evans. And Zach Evans were putting in as a top three, top four kind of guy at this 2023 running back class. And here he is over here, just outperforming him in every single metric you want to bring up. Doesn't matter if it's rushing. Doesn't matter if, I mean, we look at just touchdowns. The kids playing ball. Like, there was there was a couple games back, like, someone brought up, like, do you think I should do a bet on him getting the first touchdown? I was like, yes, she better, because he has 13 on the season. And sure enough, it worked out perfectly. I mean, he's going over 100 yards. In just one, two, three, four, five, six different games, and he was so close to another seventh as well. Over a thousand yards rushing, receiving. He's got seven catches, seventy-one yards, so another touchdown. I mean, he's got the backfield to himself next year. He plays in the SEC. He's being dominant every single game. I'm all for it. So, one eleven. Here you go. Here's your running back two years out potentially with the case at RB one come twenty twenty five. Yeah, I think that that is a very good pick. I think, you know, I think at this point, this late first, you sort of see that I'd say the talent sort of takes a little tiny dip from the rest. So I think this area, you've got guys that sort of could be, if they get like in the, like could be superstars in the perfect situation. I think there's still guys here that, would be great, but I think towards this late first part, I think I'm gonna go. I'm There's gonna go my name. my guy. Okay. Go, I think I'm gonna go Branson Robinson here. It might be lofty. It's quite high, I think, but he's got that build that you want to see. I think going to Georgia, like we talked about earlier. You know, there's a chance that with the touches he's getting now, he could lead that backfield and being on literally like the best college team at this present moment will definitely help for that helmet scout in in the NFL. So I think not only just the talent, but you've also got the fact that the NFL probably sees, oh yeah, you're you're from Georgia, get on my team right now. Hey, I'm not opposed. I know before the season started, we were definitely talking about him in the same category, potentially as Singleton and Jaden Blue at the time, who has done nothing. But, yeah, I'm about to say, Robinson has definitely shown up a little bit this year. They're going to be going for the SEC championship and potentially deep into the playoffs. So we could get to see this kid 
show up a lot to finish up the year. So, yeah, I like it. Let's recap real quick the first round. Starting off, 101 was Caleb Williams. 102, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, 103 was Travion Henderson, both of those guys from Ohio State. Uh, 104, Drake May at North Carolina quarterback. Uh, 105, running back Raheem Sanders at Arkansas. 106, Nick Singleton, Penn State running back. 107, Braylon Allen, running back for Wisconsin. 108, the tight end, Brock Bowers out of Georgia. 109, quarterback Quinn Ewers from Texas. 110, Emeka Abuka, receiver from Ohio State, or the Ohio State, since they got it trademarked. 111, Quinshawn Judkins, running back from Ole Miss. And 112, Branson Robinson, running back from Georgia. So you made my pick easy at 13. Uh, we're going to Xavier Worthy. I don't think anybody needs to forget about that name real quick. Receiver out of Texas. I mean, the dude can absolutely fly and beat anybody speed-wise. He's six foot one. He is only 160 pounds, soaking wet right now. But, I mean, it is what it is. At some point, you've got to trust the talent. And, you know, if I'm getting him at the start of the second round, that's an easy pick all day. He blew up as a freshman. He's not been bad as a sophomore, but not been as good so far. But he gets another year to develop with his quarterback, having a full offseason actually train together. So, yeah, that's an easy pick at 13 or 201, technically. Yeah, that was the other guy I was thinking of, of Robinson, but I think I had to plant my flag, which was the problem there. I think I might push the ball out a little bit. I might just let me have a look again. Right. I'm going to do some clicking. Uh, this guy. This guy. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Will Shipley. Mm, okay. With the 2 or 2. He's done pretty darn well this season. Uh, 800 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. It's somewhat, I think, you know, with all these QB problems, you've sort of seen them take a back seat in the fact of like having his name up in the stars because. The team's been doing pretty well, but they've had that quarterback drama. I think he's still a top talent at the position. I think you're going to see a lot more of his name around once they finally figure out what's going to actually happen at quarterback. Hey, definitely not opposed. Making it difficult now. I mean, at pick two or three, I was kind of hoping Chipley was going to fall there. Um. Puts me in an interesting spot. There's a, several players I feel like I can lean here between 2024, 2025. I think I'm just going to lean on the – it worries me, but I'm just going to stick to my chart. He's listed fourth overall for the 2025 class. I'm going to stick with Luther Burden, the third out of Missouri. The talent has, has shown at times this year, but the film just – does not do him justice, I feel like. Like, he is just not getting the opportunity in Missouri that he should. Not that Missouri has done much of anything, but he is getting outperformed by a sophomore. However, there's a reason he was a top receiver in the recruiting class for a reason. I've brought it up before. I hope he transfers, but, yeah, I'm just going to – I'm going to lean on that upside right there. Luther Burden, 203. 
Yeah, I think burdens are okay. I think for me, the problem lies with the team. For me, I think talent could win out, but it's a very big could. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hmm, I might go another freshman alongside you. Either way, I think. Um, <laughs> You know, I think I'm going to take the the predecessor to Bryce Young of Jalen Milrow. Okay, we've seen we've seen we've seen him this year because of injuries to Bryce, which is which was a problem because Alabama have been so set in stone with Young and the fact that we've seen. Savan literally go run the ball as soon as Murrow comes on the field. But I think for a fantasy perspective, getting that dual threat is so great and the upside of having that dual threat is enough for me to dip my toes in this early. Hey, I'm not opposed. Again, it's kind of at this point, it really depends on some of your team builds, kind of where you're leaning on a couple of things. Uh, I'm going to go with the other safe receiver I feel like when it comes to looking at the 2025 class so far that's really really showing out and give me Texas A&M's receiver Evan Stewart so again I know he's really been the guy at 5 foot 11 170 pounds like that's actually looked good for Texas A&M and Connor Weigman had a great connection with him last time they played Weigman I think is playing again today so it'll be interesting to see how those two develop together. But yeah, I mean, at this point, second round, you got some solid receiver value. So Evan Stewart all day, pick 205. Yeah, um, obviously you can't see Seals talking to each other, but I was head over heels for that pick. I was annoyed because I thought I was so close to picking him in the last pick and I thought, Ooh, do I don't know? I thought now at the end, but let me just quickly do a last check on this guy. Let's have a look. Oh, it went on the wrong website. There we go. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with a name people who will have heard of if you don't know Devi, but it's his brother. I'm thinking of Trevor Etienne. Um, All for that pick. I'm going in off the fact that we've seen Florida be quite disappointing this year. And he's seen a steady increase in work to the point where, yeah, I pretty much have confidence that he's going to be able to get that massive role in that team. And I think especially if Richardson takes that next step next year, if he stays we're going to see a massive influx in value for Trevor again. Hey, I'm all for it. I've talked up that guy a lot. So I think I've said enough on that name. So we'll go ahead and we'll jump it over. Pick 207, Cade Klubnick, quarterback for Clemson. I, I just love the kid. Like he brings a spark to that offense, kind of in a similar way to what we saw with Caleb Williams do last year when he t- started taking over for Spence Rattler. Now, 
not going to get into the coach and the choices he makes of keep coming back to DJU, but Klubnik gives more of a spark for the most part. He didn't really get a fair shot last week, I feel like. You know, he only got two plays, so whatever, it happens. But the kid, I mean, super mobile, six foot two. I mean, he's close to 200 pounds, that's what I'm being told so far. So these are good signs to see for a team that all of a sudden can start stepping up and producing a little bit. And he's got two more years to really showcase himself. Should be as a starter. I don't think DJU stays after this year, just based off the fact he's been benched a couple times. And I don't know, he might just look, be looking for a fresh start now. So, yeah, Clemson quarterbacks, there's a decent track record of what's happened right there. If you get the right one, let it develop. Okay, Clubnet, here we go, 2025, QB1 for me. Yeah, I was going to dip my toes in with this pick again. I think, yeah, you jump in the gun with my picks here. I think you might be you might be looking at my screen. Um, no, um, I'm thinking of actually dipping my toes here into the 2026 class. Okay. I think we're getting to the point where, you know, you've got some some names still hanging around that may have been sort of disappointing or had an injury in this season that sort of may have fell in some people's ranks. Um, It's between two. There's two big guys that a lot of people know. I think I'm going to go... See, this is tough. Do I go off name... Do I go off name value... Or do I go off the simple fact that this guy is seen as the number one quarterback? All right, so which quarterback is it going to be for 2026? So you've got Arch Manning. Yep. Who has the name value. And then is it Malachi Nelson? Malachi? Uh, I think it's Malachi Nelson. Malachi. Oh, yeah. I, I had that in my brain before we started recording. And then my brain was like, okay, I'm going to figure but um, I'm thinking because both we've said we've said before, I believe that um, Malachi is, comes up against the the stronger. He's in the better. He's on the better team right now, isn't he? He's coming up against those stronger teams. Better competition. Better yeah. competition. That's that's the phrase. Uh, but then you've got Arch Manning, who you're going to see. Get those that name value. You're going to see his name on the back. You're going to see Manning, and teams are just automatically going to be like, "Oh yeah, sure." But I'm thinking, going off the fact that USC seems to have more of a solid foundation. You know, you've got Malachi behind Caleb Williams, who is the QB one of Devi past this year or even now some people would say uh, I think I'm going to go Malachi Nelson <laughs> well you did all the talking for me because that worked out perfectly uh, considering back at 109 was Quinn Ewers, 209 is now going to be Arch Manning, you've locked it in you've got the Texas dynasty now for the next few years for me uh, <laughs> I mean like you said he's got the name value, not worried about it dipping even if I have doubts on the kid I mean I don't really expect him to play next year with Quinn Ewers, but he might be asked to hey, come in, play some garbage time against one of these teams we're beating up on early. Yeah, I, I, 
I trust that his family is going to take care of him and make sure he understands what he's doing. So Arch Manning to a nine, that makes it easy for me. Malachi Nelson would have been the other option. So yeah, like they're neck and neck. So who you got it now at 210? I'm thinking there's a few names. Um, see, at this point, there's, there's three, four names that would have been further up the list, but they've had quite a disappointing season so far. You know, you've got, like was was said with the Alabama wide receivers, you've got Ja'Cory Brooks that you could pick, you've got Bo Collins, you've got Jaden Blue, who might have done nothing because that's Bijan's job, you know, how you got. So it's sort of tough, but I'm thinking... Um, because I've swayed away from Texas for the last two times, I think I'm going to go Jaden Blue with this pick. I know that I believe they've got someone that's committing this season to come next season who could sort of shake up that backfield a little bit. But I feel uh, coming out of high school, I think he was a five-star recruit. So he's highly talented, if I'm right. Is he, was he a five-star? I think he dropped as a four-star because he chose not to play his uh, senior year because he wanted uh, to save himself. Okay, so, well, yeah. 210, Jaden Blue. The only reason I've kind of cooled on that name is because, like, I thought he was 205 coming out, but yeah. then Texas says listed at 194 which is a little bit lower than expected. You know, normally websites will put it just a slight bit higher than where players are. So he might be closer to that 190-pound range, which is at running backs the spot I I avoid at that point. Yeah, uh, We've seen it too many times. Like you said, also, Cedric Baxter, uh, Baxter is the new recruit coming in. He is six foot one, 215 pounds, four-star kid. As of right now, he could bump up to five stars. We'll see what they do. So... Yeah, I was kind of worried about who's actually going to take over right there. But I get it. The upside at this point in the draft makes a lot of sense. And since we're talking about 2026 or 2023 recruit running backs, uh, there's one name in particular that stands out, you know, going to a running back factory, six foot one, 201 pounds, Richard Young over at Alabama. I'm going to go ahead and take that shot. I mean, it's 211 at this point. You're kind of shooting for that upside. I don't mind it because we know he's getting himself into a situation where he should be able to develop. And right now, after Jameer Gibbs, I mean, not really sure who's that next guy up. So, like, he might get a shot sooner than expected because Kamar Wheaton transferred out. Emmanuel Henderson, I don't even know if that kid's going to play running back whenever he gets to play. And really, I mean, I think there's only one older guy left in the system at that point because I don't think Trey Sanders is it either. And that's Roy Dale Williams. So, yeah, Richard Young, I think he's going to be set up to explode for the next couple of years at Alabama. So, taking him at 211. So, close it up, close it up for us. 212, last guy. I'm thinking there's – so there's a few guys here. Um, I think – you know, as I've said before, you've got those guys that have disappointed. It was a name I missed off that I thought I could could pick here, but I don't think I will now, would, would be Toronto Citizen. 
Um, but I think I might go another route of hoping that this guy in his last year of college can take over the spot of a lot of people's now wide receiver one of the 2023 class. And I'm thinking of taking Mario Williams, thinking that he can take massive advantage of Caleb Williams and be that wide receiver one for the team and absolutely skyrocket his draft capital up. Hey, I'm definitely not opposed. I think that's a great one to end up on. Uh, so real quick, let me recap for everybody. Uh, pick 201, Xavier Worthy, receiver out of Texas. Pick 202, Will Shipley, running back for Clemson. Pick 203, Luther Burden in third, receiver for Mizzou. Pick 204, Jalen Milrow, quarterback for Alabama. Pick 205, um, Evan Stewart, receiver out of Texas A&M. Pick 206, Trevor Etienne, uh, running back for Florida. Pick 207, Cade Klubnick, quarterback for Clemson. Pick 208, Malachi Nelson, quarterback. Uh, should be for USC if he stays to his recruit status. Pick 209, quarterback Arch Manning for Texas. Again, if he locks in that commitment status. Pick 210, Jaden Blue, running back for Texas. Pick 211, Richard Young, running back looks like right now for Alabama. And to close it up, 212, receiver Mario Williams for USC. I like it. I definitely agree. There's a couple other names that we could have dropped in. Maybe we'll do a third round later on, talk about some of these guys that we didn't add in there. But you start to kind of see that drop in potential value, and it's more projection at this point. So yeah, it kind of gives our listeners an idea of what to expect in the future. Yeah, I think it's it's a good spot. You know, you're going to see those first-round picks are pretty much set in stone. You might have them flip flopped around, but I think the second round is going to be – Oh, it's an ice cream bar. Okay. Can hear that. Well, that's a good wrap-up music. I like it. <laughs> I mean, right, right now it's five o'clock at night. It's basically like pitch black, and he's going about selling ice cream. But um, yeah, I think the second round, you know, you're going to see a lot of movement there. You've got a lot of projections. And, I mean, that's always going to happen when you have freshmen involved. I think you're not really going to take freshmen unless they've produced as freshmen. Um, or if they're super hyped, like Nick yeah. Singleton, Arch Manning, and Malachi Nelson. You're not going to take, take those guys projected on what you know you want to get those guaranteed sort of top-end guys. Yeah, I definitely agree there. All right, well, let's wrap it up real quick. Ben, where can people find you if they're trying to hit, hit you up on Twitter? So on on Twitter, my handle is Ben Barpass with one S. Yep. And guys, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at underscore Debbie Scout. And I think that'll do it. I think this is a lot of fun for this episode. So again, go back and check us out on patreon.com backslash filmalytics for what we can do to help meet your fancy football needs. And again, join our growing Discord community to talk with other football nerds out there. So keep listening to us over here on the Debbie Workshop podcast with Ben and myself as we break down the names you need to build your dynasty pipeline for years to come. Yeah.